You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Welcome in. Stacking the Box is with you as per always at, uh, yeah, a, a beautiful day, 11 o'clock Central, 12 Eastern, and Matt Nagy apparently has been told he's going to be fired on Thanksgiving. Matt Berteram, how are you, buddy? Better than Matt Nagy. A lot, although, although maybe maybe at this point it's just a sweet relief uh, of of knowing that he doesn't have to deal with this crap anymore. So maybe that's par- part of it. But I'll still say better than that night. Yeah. So uh, and happy holidays to you, Ed, and appreciate everybody joining here on on, on our YouTube screen. Good to be be with you. Look, uh, there is a report out from Patch Patch dot com, which is that is the suburban wing of the Chicago Tribune. This is not who you normally would think would be breaking the story that Matt Nagy is going to be fired on Thanksgiving. Apparently he's been told. And this is according to Mark Conkle uh, from the Patch staff. Now, Mark Conkle has won a uh, many awards for being a writer, uh, and I have been talking to the people that I trust uh, the most around this Verderam. And, uh, I mean, this guy won a Pulitzer, and he's reporting it, so I think it somehow fell in his lap with one of his contacts. This is not the guy that's going to break it, but he is somebody that should be trusted. And basically everybody that I know that covers the Bears, they believe this report, which this report, again, is just completely bizarre. Hey, Matt, you're going to coach on Thanksgiving against the Lions, and then you're going to get fired. That is so back-ass words, but just vintage Chicago Bears, like – Part of what I'm hearing from different people is that this is something the Bears would do, and cl- and apparently they're doing it. It's amazing. I wonder if you know, Jordan Schultz, who does a nice job, followed J- Jordan, know each other on Twitter for a little bit. Um, he tweeted out yesterday a report that he said that a lot of the players are to the point they want him fired. Um, now, I'm sure it's been the case for a while, but maybe just kind of getting to light. I wonder if that's a situation where the Bears brass – was like, all right, we, we're done with this. Like, we we have to just – I don't want to say get out in front of it because I feel like they're not out in front of it at all. But we kind of have to do something. And it's it's the only thing we have le- left to do. Uh, this has been – you and I have talked about this for years, Carl. I mean, this has been just a, a train wreck for a couple of years now. Uh I get he hasn't had a great quarterback. I understand that. But he, he they don't do anything well. Like, they really don't. They're so mismanaged. They're, they're, the way they play is, is, is so bungled all the time. I think uh, I think it's the right decision, but it's a very weird way to come to the decision. Right. Well, look, let, let's, let's give a full-scale view here. They, first of all, they don't do this. This is not what the Bears do. They didn't do it with John Fox. They didn't do it with Mark Tressman. They've never done it. They, they, they don't do it. I mean, I'm just outlining the last two who very well could have been fired in the middle of the season, and it would have made a whole lot of sense. Uh, particularly in, in Fox's last year, he shouldn't have been there because you had Mitchell Trubisky as a rookie quarterback. You weren't setting him up uh, for success. Right. It was, it, uh, there's a million things the Bears do wrong. but So they don't do this. And then the other side of it is uh, Ryan Pace has been here seven years. Seven all right, they they are going to finish under 500 again, which will be six of his seven years that the Bears were not above 500. Right. So never won a playoff game. Never won a playoff game. Been in one playoff game. Double Two. doink. Cody Parkey against uh, you know whatever the, the the Eagles had a great run that team, but they, the Bears that was at home. All of it. The, the, this is. Um, this needs to be the start of a full-scale house cleaning, and you have the same bumbling individuals who will be making the hires, 
who hired a first-time GM in Ryan Pace, who hired a first-time head coach in Matt Nagy in his second swing after Fox. Um, it's it, it's it's not like th- this is a, a lock that, uh, or even close to a lock, or even likely, as how I should put it, that the Bears are going to get this right going forward. No, oh God, no, it's definitely not a lock. But if they don't fire Pace and they let him pick another head coach, everyone involved should be ashamed. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know, look, it's, it's an open secret in the NFL. Carmen, you've talked about it. Like, the McCaskies love Pace. And that's all fine and well. Like, I did last week I was on a podcast with Kevin Powell over at WGN. And we were talking. And I and I don't think he'd mind me saying so I essentially said to him, like, they, they've got to fire them. Like, they have to fire them. This was after we did the pod. And, you know, he just kind of reiterated what we've always talked about, which is like, yeah, but, like, you never know with them. Like, you just never know what they're going to do. And I, look, I am not a Bears fan. I am not emotionally invested in this. But I, if they don't fire the two of them, I mean, Bears fans should, should revolt. I don't know how you could possibly look at this and say, yeah, Pace, another chance. I mean, I, just, I still understand. I, there's no rationale for it at all. Yeah, uh, and as far as Bears fans revolting, uh, the fire Nagy chants at Soldier Field were loud and clear on Sunday. They broke out at the Bulls game last night. The Bulls getting smoked by the Pacers by 30-plus, and and fire Nagy happens in the fourth quarter. Um, And then his son is playing in a playoff game for Lake Forest High School, which is where the Bears uh, have Hallis Hall and where they practice. They play in Cary Grove, and it's the fourth quarter, and there's fire Nagy chants going on there. The, 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 the school principal of Cary Grove is apologizing and says it's been addressed. Um, you know, this, this is this dude's dad. Um, you know, I, I assume he cares about his father. It, it, it's just, it be, that's just, it. I appreciate the passion of fans that you care so much. Do something better. Don't taunt a kid uh, and his dad getting fired. That's just pathetic. But uh, at least the high school, I guess, stepped in. I, the, the the whole fans, I paid for my ticket, yada, yada, it, it gets exhausting to me. Like, he, you, it, booing does nothing. Nothing. If you, if you want to if you want to go at a guy who's not giving effort, I get it. Um and firing Nagy chant is not really directed. It's, 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 hey, it's not at you, Matt, so much as it's, it's at Virginia and the Bears management and Ryan Pace and everything. And I, I, I get it. And, and at an NFL game, it's totally fine. But at a high school game, come on, man, that, that, that ain't right. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think you do that. But I, I just think it speaks to the larger issue here, which is just, they, they just have the, they have the appearance of an organization that doesn't really give a shit. Like, they have the appearance of an organization that's just like, yeah, look at that, he's terrible again. I don't know. I mean, I sat there, and I watched that Ravens-Bears game, and I got to tell you, that game was the height of incompetence. I mean, the height of it. You're playing a Ravens team that quite honestly isn't even that good with Lamar Jackson on it. He's not playing. They're playing a guy in Tyler Huntley who cannot play. Cannot play at – I mean, just is is at best a, a bad backup quarterback. You somehow get a gift of all gifts. They, they they blitz you cover zero like imbeciles on a fourth and 11 that Dalton throws up and they get a touchdown on. And you can't win that game? Like, like the, oh. the Ravens won't move down the field if they were the 99 Rams. You're like, how is, how is it even possible? Blown coverage. Pass interference. I, you know, like, this is just a horrible coach. Team. And then I tweeted through this whole thing, but they had a sequence in the earlier portion of the fourth quarter where it's like second and one. Or no, excuse me, third and one. Third and one, they run a go ball that has no chance of being completed. Now it's fourth and one at midfield. They run the punting unit on. Nope, timeout. We're not sure about that anymore. Then they show the sideline, and Nagy's like screaming at some guy who's running like communications because his headset doesn't work. So then they call the timeout. They come out. They decide, nope, we're going for it. We're going to run a play. The Ravens put like 10 guys at the line of scrimmage. And the Bears are just like, we're running Wildcat and lose a yard. And it's just like. 
Don't forget about the holding penalty. Even if it worked, they weren't weren't going to get it. Uh, yeah. That that was. Oh my god! Like how four years into being the head coach, that's it. Like that's what you've got. It was just. It was one of the worst coach sequence I've ever seen. They came out to start the second half and had an illegal motion penalty to start the second half. I mean, look, he, he's he, he has uh, he's been out over his skis and and honestly, like for me doing doing Bears post game shows and and hearing uh, Dan Hampton and O'Brien scream about John Fox for for three years, and then they hire Nagy, who and you tell me, Verderam. You, the, the the Chiefs had the Titans down twenty one to three. He's the off the OC. They lose twenty two twenty one, and immediately it was like you're hiring this guy. You can't close out a twenty one to three lead at halftime in a playoff game. I mean, how much how much was that a, a rightful red flag at the time that he does not know how to coach offense? I, I, look, I don't even know that any of it matters anymore at this point. Like they just have to fire him. And I, I mean, really, like, and I, actually, I was on the Arrowhead Attic podcast right before this. And I said this about two minutes before the news broke. If they lose to Detroit, they should just leave him on the tarmac. They, they just, <laughs> I, I'm serious. But you know what? Walk your ass home. I don't care. We're done with this. Here's a leg of turkey. Walk. I mean, I, because I got to tell you, I don't think they're going to lose to Detroit because I don't think anyone could lose to Tim Boyle. But if there is a team, that could manage to lose that game, it's 100% the Chicago Bears. Like, Look, the, 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 the Lions have had a bunch of near wins. They've got a tie. They nearly beat yeah, the Browns. As- oh, I actually did have a near win against Cleveland, I guess. They, Cleveland they, were, they were barely through the season. They, they very well could lose Thanksgiving. But that would be an amazing thing. Like let, Let's just say, for instance, and, and Chris Tabor, who's the Bears special teams coach, was yeah. up is up first at Hallis Hall today. Um, and, and he's... He's he has to address the media. This is how back asswards the Bears are. Coach Nagy is our head coach. I want to work for this guy now. Love him to death. Um, Said Nagy will lead the Bears to a win in Detroit. I believe that in my heart. And then and then quote, I don't know anything about that report. I mean, it's just like you you put the special teams coordinator in this position. I mean, you 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 really have to you got to work to be this bad. I got to tell you, even even from a reporter PR standpoint, the Bears are interesting. They do things you're like, what? Okay. Like we we went and covered them the year they went to the playoffs. So I, I was at the Bears Rams Sunday night game and I was at the double doink game. I was up in the box. The next year, they're like, Yeah, listen, we're closing rank. And they shut out like 60 outlets they had previously and I'm I'm ballpark with it at not a number, but it was it was a sizable amount. Like we're closing rank because, at least according to them, like there were some outlets that felt like they couldn't get enough proper coverage because they were competing with other outlets. It was like, you're the Bears. You need all the good publicity you can get, right? Like, all of it. And yet they, like, cut off their nose despite their face because, I, I guess, you know, at least according to them, like a handful of the outlets were upset about the fact that there were too many people in the locker room. They were trying to get access or whatever. And you're like, hey, guys, you have Mitchell Trubisky. Like, things are not going particularly well. Maybe if you give people access, they'll be a little bit not- – nope, nope, just cut off a whole bunch of people. Which, listen, I mean, I'm not losing any sleep over not going to Soldier Field. But it's just – it is – it's been, like, I've never dealt with a franchise. It's just been more, like, hostile about it. Like, it's just very strange, very strange. I, I – for example, to show how different the, the sport can be, and there are certainly teams like the Bears that are very closed off. Like, I remember one, I wanted to do an interview with Brandon Bean. I wanted to talk to him one-on-one, the Bills general manager. So I called up the PR guy over in Buffalo, who's one of the best, Derek Boyko. I said, hey, Derek, can, you know, can we make it happen? I think it was later that day I got a phone call from Buffalo, and it was just Brandon being like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> it was just – it was immediately set up. Like, no problem, no issue at all. Like, with the Bears, you're like, hey, listen, can we cover a regular season game? No, we're letting six outlets in. Like, okay, guys, that's great. Like that's that's great. You have a press box that spans eighty yards, but no, no, no it's not a front. Yeah, I, I, I have. That's amazing, the Buffalo story, because I have never found NFL uh, media to be overly friendly. The Chiefs Some of them are like that. The Minnesota's like that too. That's interesting. Minnesota's okay. really good. The, the Niners are really good, I and mean, I could go on. There are some really, really helpful teams, but there are some teams. It, it's just 
they treat it like it's it's like federal security. Yeah, right. Like, what are, you're a, you're a football team. What do you think's well, gonna happen? Well, well, that's also one of Nagy's weaknesses. Like he his press conferences, he's so I don't know if it comes from the organization, and it very well might, but he's so unsure of himself of what he can say around injuries and literally anything else. They're he very just, close off. It's he just gets himself in these circular talking nonsense babbles that are painful. And I'm like, is this how you communicate to your players? Because the reports uh, and and I don't I have a hard time believing that the whole locker room is 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 anti Nagy now or most of the locker room or half the locker room, whatever, whatever it is, uh, because he's 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 a player's guy they, they but at the end of the day maybe they just don't think he's good at his job which of course would be a very fair take and uh good luck to matt in whatever his next in, endeavors will be all right let, let's move on uh let's let's talk about your chiefs for a ram nice win over dallas but uh they don't look like the patrick mahomes scoring 50 on you chiefs but all of a sudden they've got one of the best defenses in all of football so uh what do you, what do you make of what's going on with kansas city in a weird year the defense going from the worst thing we've ever seen to like the best defense in football over the last month, that might take the cake for the strangest thing that's happened this year. Um, I mean, just, just bizarre to the hill, but I got to tell you, if you said to me, would you rather win a game with the chiefs 40 to 37 or the way they won that game, the way they won that game, because I know the offense can score points. I know they can execute. They they have been hot and cold this year, but I know they can do that. If their defense continues to play like this, nobody's beating them. I, I honestly believe it. It's certainly not in the AFC now. The <laughs> NFC, a lot of good teams in the NFC, right? Like I think it depends on matchup and health and all those things. Part of the reason I say that, too, is the AFC right now is a disaster. I mean, it's just, who's good? Tennessee just lost to the Texans, and as, as Jeff Schwartz pointed out over on Arrowhead Addicts podcast, like, they're 18th in DVOA. Like, they're getting outgained on a weekly basis. So they did outgain Houston by a lot, but they turned the ball over five times. Like, Tannehill has 13 touchdowns and 12 picks this year. So they've got all kinds of issues, and obviously with the injuries. Buffalo, which we'll get to here in a second, boat raced to death by Indianapolis at home. Buffalo, since beating the Chiefs, is under 500 and looks awful. The Pats are good. I do not trust Mac Jones to win a playoff game over Patrick Mahomes. Baltimore, I don't even think he's good. They're 7-3, give him all the credit in the world. I, I don't think they're any good. I think they're an average football team. I really do. I think Lamar's been amazing. It's the only reason they're even that. Um, but if they play defense where they're giving up you know, 15, 16 points a game, I don't think it's a homerish take. It's just be like, well, who the hell is going to beat them in the AFC? If, I, I'm smiling as you're doing it because we, we've, we've ridden the roller coaster for their – we, not... we, we have come through some major I'm, peaks and valleys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no two ways around that. I mean, I mean, and last week I called it out to you like you need to apologize. Like oh, I apologize for, it. but so, but now we're like top of the mountain. Ain't nobody beating the Chiefs. Which, by the way, I think I've been pretty consistent that I've stayed there all season you, long. You have been far more consistent on this. Yeah, yes. Okay. I was, uh, I was, I was on board with you until that Tennessee game, in which I just said, like, oh "My God, like they can't do anything right." Um, but they have, they have righted themselves. Like I don't think. I don't think anybody thought defensively this was coming. I mean, this has been – they could not have been worse. Like, literally historically bad the first month and a half of the season. And now, like, a, a cousin of the 85 Bears, as they're just constantly getting pressure, nobody can throw the ball. Their run defense is amazing. Like, I don't know how – I do know how. We won't get into – I mean, they, they've changed up a million guys personnel-wise. They've changed their scheme. The Cowboys are the best offensive football. And I get it. Like, no Tyron Smith, no Mark Cooper. Fine. That's, that's fair enough. They destroyed Dallas in that game. I mean, Dallas could have had a Mark Cooper. It would not have mattered. I, I firmly believe that. They, they couldn't get open. They had no time to throw the ball. Tyron Smith wouldn't have been blocking Chris Jones anyway. Jones was in the – I mean, they had five sacks, two picks. It was insane. It was insane how all over Dallas they were the entire game. And a team that – Dallas puts up 30 like it, like it's nothing, and they couldn't get a yard. I mean, Dak didn't throw for 100 yards that game until the final minute of the third quarter. So it, it's this is what the NFL has wanted for a long time, right? The ultimate in parity. Anybody can win yes. any week, and, and anybody can win the Super Bowl, and they, we, we have it this year. I mean, last week, 
the Buffalo Bills were the Vegas favorite to win the Super Bowl. And if you poll NFL fans right now, if, if they think that, and the Bills are number three right now, by the way, but if you polled NFL fans, they would say that most likely, do you think the Bills will, will win it or miss the playoffs? I, I bet it almost would be 50 50 them on missing the play. Well, I don't know about missing the playoffs, but nobody would, nobody would fly the flag right now that Buffalo is winning the Super Bowl. So uh, it, it feels as wide open as possible. I don't know what to, uh, Dallas to me, that whole run up the flag was a little too quick for me and and new england is almost kind of the same right now but the the patriots man five in a row belichick with the yeah i I mean not that that guy's ever lacking any motivation but he's at the top of the motivation chain i would think here after the brady situation and there looks like they struck gold with mac jones for them at least it it, it it all seems possible right now, right? I mean, it, any it, it is who's do the you, best team out there? I it, it, there's no definitive answer. Do you believe that the AFC right now, as we sit here going into Thanksgiving, do you believe the AFC is wide open? I do. I absolutely do. I mean, I I'm again rewinding back. I'm betting on Kansas City because I'm going to bet on this quarterback, and I'm going to get even more excited as we just underline their defense has come around, but. Could the, do I feel like the Chiefs could lose? Of course I do. Of, of course you could. Of course they could dud it up. Um, and the Buffalo thing, like this per, this last week, like I, I I suppose I get it. You show up and you're you're just you have a dud against Jacksonville or whatever. But to get smoked at home by the Colts, you know that that's not a game that you would come into lacking motivation and to play that poorly. I don't know what to make of Buffalo after that game. I really don't. It's uh, it's interesting, by the way, as uh, Lucas just dropped into the chat here, the Chiefs just signed their long snapper, James Winchester. Two-year extension, he is now the highest paid at his position in the NFL. He should be. He's done a heck of a job. Um, but uh, listen. I love when I our fans are breaking news on Stack in the Box. Thank you, Lucas. Way to, way to be on top of Winchester right here. You're with Schefter. You're with us. Lucas S., breaking on stack in the box don't ever miss the show again we need you that's right that's right um listen i uh i will say i i think the afc is wide open right now but if kansas city can climb it out of this hole put itself into and it gets to the one seed it's not wide open anymore like i i, I will go that far i will i will go as far to say if they get to a one seed which i think they can there, there ain't nobody going in there beating them in the A's playoffs. Nobody. Because if they if they get to a one seed, it means they're playing really, really well. I think it probably means they went out. And if if they're playing on that level, as long as they're healthy, I mean, obviously, you know, the caveat being some guy gets hurt like week 18 or something, it's massive. But who would go in there and beat them? Like, I, you're going to tell me Buffalo's going to go in there and do it again? I don't I don't think that's happening. Uh, like, lo- lo- Mac Jones is going in there beating them? Like, I, I got to tell you, I'd have more fear of them than anybody because of Belichick. But like Mac Jones, I mean Tennessee's not going in there and beating them in a playoff game. That's not happening. I, I'm you sorry. sure. You sure? Yeah. The t- yeah, Titans. Yeah. Okay. okay. No, because, uh, down, because that, I, I, go ahead. I like the Titans, and I think defensively they're actually better than people give them credit for. But when you get to the playoffs, Carm, you know this. You know this as well. It's not better than either. Like when you get to the playoffs, it becomes about who can make the big play. And it doesn't, I'm not talking 50 yard passes. I mean, like, who can convert third and 11? Who can fit a ball in a spot that they have no business fitting the ball in? Who's the team that can just, you know what? It's third and seven on defense, and you've got to have it. And who makes that? Like, now early in the year, the Chiefs were not that team, especially defensively. But right now, like, if they got there, I'm not saying they couldn't lose. Like, of course, like any team could lose. I mean, they, they could lose. But I think they would be the prohibited favorite. Like at that point, I don't think it'd be wide open anymore. I think it would be, yeah, you gotta go in there and beat them off a week of rest. And they want at that point, you know, might want to ten in a row. I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but if they were to do that, yeah, I would look at them and go, Yeah, I don't I don't think they're to be beat. I don't think anybody in the AFC is going in there winning that game. Look, if they get to the one seed in the AFC, they'll be the favorite in Vegas. The the money will be heavy on them and all that. Uh, you you will you will have a cavalcade of people agreeing with you. Let, let's uh let, 
let's just make a prediction right now. Bills or Patriots? Who wins the AFC East? The Bills, but it's a fair question. Um, they played here twice. They still have to play twice. So that's still obviously going to swing the division. The Bills have an interesting schedule, though, man. Like, they play Thursday night. We're going to get into that here when we are joined by the great, the irreverent uh, Ben Heisler. But we have that game on Thursday night. Then these two teams play each other on Monday night football. I believe the game's in Buffalo, the first matchup, I think. Um, The Bills also have to play Carolina, which is a a game they should win. But, I mean, the Bills have lost games all year long that they should win. Carolina is going to be fighting for a spot. You'll look at that. You know, they've got to play Tampa on the road. So – it's tough. Now, Now New England does have Tennessee coming in this week. That's not an easy game. Well, I, another game we'll get to in a little bit. I'll get my thoughts on. Um, I think Buffalo does it. I do. But you're going to a point where, like, they've got to play better. Like, there's no room for error now. Like, if they don't get it done, it's bad news. Gonzo's giving you credit for back-to-back live streams, Verderanch. You get a raise from the, the Minute Media crew if you talk to us off today? I'm lucky if I get a high five. But uh, it is what it is. Breaking so, news I, over uh, there. Dings coming in. Anything I, good? I, uh, it's actually someone in the NFL. So I, I, I'm just uh, trying to trying to. I, I know you. You there. only you you filtered it through your phone that it only dings during the show that if it's NFL news. That's why I'm asking you. You wouldn't even allow a a, a text coming through your from your wife and or daughter in this. I don't think if my if my daughter that. sends me a text. We got big problems. She's four and doesn't have a phone. Look, 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 I. I just want to be on record here. I'll put my fan hat on. I really don't want to see the New England Patriots win that division. That would, I, I am actively uh, hoping in my mind that uh, somehow this thing turns around. But it's a great story. Uh, the, the Patriots have, have come back from the dead. They're, they're winning up front. They're, they're not asking Mac Jones to do anything that he's incapable of doing. And the Bills are sideways right now. So if you actually have me bet right now who's winning that division, I'm going to take New England. I, I will I will ride. It's I, fair. I mean, there there is uh, I don't know. Once you once you figured it out, the, the there's in New England. I I feel like that train is just not stopping. That they're they're obviously not going to be winning out here. But I think they split the games with Buffalo, and I and I I think they somehow eke out the division. If I if you had to if I had to wager, that's what I would do. How far do you have the Titans going in the playoffs? I got them winning. I got them getting to the divisional round, whether that's by buy or by winning a playoff game. I think they're a good team. I think they're a good team. I also think, especially if Derrick Henry's not there, they're fatally flawed. Like that offense is just not good. Uh, defensively, they're better than people think. Um, they're not good offensively. I, I just said Tannehill's got 13 touchdowns and 12 picks. Julio Jones is a great player. He's hurt all the time. Derrick Henry's out right now. Their offensive line stinks. Like, but it's hard to really look at them and go, yeah, I think they'd beat Baltimore in a playoff game. I think they'd beat Buffalo in a playoff game. I think they'd beat Kansas City in a playoff game, even New England. I don't think I don't think I'd pick them to beat the Chargers. Although, although my God, if Henry's there and they play the Chargers, they might rush for 500 yards. Uh, but I, I, divisionals now. I mean, you're, you're, we're asking a lot here. Come back and beat Derrick Henry, but there's a very good chance that he will be back for the playoffs. Could be. And. I shouldn't say a very good chance. There's a, there's a chance. It, like, let's put it at 50-50 that you get Henry back and you get all the learns that you and, – and the confidence of playing without him for this time period. Throw in the defense, wide open AFC. I'll, t- I'll put him in the conference championship game, Verderam. I'll, I'll ride the Titans one, one step further than, you, than you're willing to go. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Uh, let's bring in our guy, though. Let's make some picks here. Let's bring in Ben Heisler, the managing editor of Bet Sided. Always ready to rock and roll and stack in the box. He joins us at uh, 1230 Eastern, 1130 Central. Be here each week. We've got six games for you on the docket. Ben, how are you, buddy? What's going on, gentlemen? Everybody good? Every, everyone is great. We're, we got, uh, except for, hey, Ben, you, let, just get your thoughts real quick. Do you believe the reports out of Chicago that Matt Nagy is going to coach his final game on Thursday? It feels like there's been enough momentum picking up. There's been multiple reports. You had the one from Jordan Schultz yesterday. 
He's got a clear connection to Allen Robinson. They do a podcast together. That sort of got the conversation going. Um, and then you have the one from the the former Sun Times reporter whose name escapes. I think it's Mark Corl or Mark Corkle, maybe. Uh, Mark- we had the report today about it. It, it. it just feels like things are starting to pick up. You know that this is an indication of another nationally televised game where they could be embarrassed. Um, and they've been embarrassed, frankly, throughout the course of the season. So I, I do think there's some smoke to that fire. Yes. Mark Conkle. He's a Pulitzer Prize winner. Yeah, That's shame the- on me. Shame no, on me for not knowing no, the name of Mark Conkle. There's, there is no shame. Uh, Mark Conkle is not offended, and, and, and neither is anyone else in the Conkle family because Mark Conkle was not supposed to be the guy breaking the Bears news. All the, for all the Adam Hogs out there, my guy, and, and Mark Rodies and uh, everyone on the uh, – all, all the football covering, Brad Biggs, all of them conkle with the with the goods, but all right, let's let's make some let's make some money. Hopefully, go to WinBet for all your betting needs. W Y N N B E T dot com. We're gonna start out with the Raiders, who absolutely killed me this week. Uh, I don't know why I had them against the Bengals, but I did. Uh, and Dallas, Dallas is at home. They're favored by seven. The number is fifty one. Yeah, and we've actually seen right here live on stacking the box some line movement in favor of the Cowboys. Uh, I wrote about this earlier this week over at BetSided, guys, that it was almost inevitable that as team of a, 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 the type of public team that the Cowboys are, this number wasn't going to stay at seven. I didn't think it was going to go jump from seven to eight, considering that Amari Cooper is out, that CeeDee Lamb likely out in concussion protocol. But I, I don't think it really matters because we've seen this Raiders team get pounded the last three weeks. They've been outscored nearly two to one since their bye week, got blown out on the road against the Giants, back-to-back losses of 21-plus points at home um, between the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago uh, and then last week against the Bengals. This is a team that's completely going in the wrong direction. Okay. And whether or not you, you think the Cowboys in their loss against Kansas City showed anything as to whether or not you have to be concerned about their offense, to me, I thought it, it said more about what we saw from their opponent in back-to-back losses than, than what we saw from the Cowboys. I think they were trying to – fix a lot of the pieces that were brought down. Uh, the Chiefs have been much better on the defensive side of the ball over the last month. And so I've been advising people, get on this Cowboys number at minus seven because it's going to climb. Now that it's at eight, it's probably a stay away from me, and I prefer the under right now of 51. But this is a game that I just feel like the Cowboys, even without their top two wide receivers, they're going to run all over the Raiders, who's bottom five in rush defense this year. Yeah, look, I – I would still take Dallas and I would take the other as well. I agree with you on the under. I think it's like 30 to 20, 30 to 17. I, I think, I think the Raiders are just cooked. Like sometimes we don't look at the emotion of the game too. Like the Raiders have gone through a lot of stuff this year, obviously with Gruden and Henry Ruggs, and Damon Arnett, I mean, you know, ranging from the ridiculous to the tragic. Um, I just think they're done. I, I, I just, that Bengals game to me, that was kind of like the old last stand, the old last chance saloon type game. And they didn't even just – they got killed. That game to me speaks to, yeah, it's probably over. Like, I, I don't think they're coming out of this. Dallas, I think, bounces back. Look, the one thing the Chiefs did in that game defensively, the Chiefs got a ton of pressure and they brought and they played a lot of man. The Raiders don't play – they play all these cover three zones. And I, I think Dallas is just going to rip it apart. You know, the, the Broncos played a lot of man. And 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 when they when they beat them, the Chiefs do it. The Raiders play no man. They play a ton of zone underneath. And I I have a feeling this game is going to be one of these games where Dax just sits back there and it's just Bing 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 Bing. I like them big. Our guy Patrick Allen for the Raiders. This game is the equivalent of taking old Yeller behind the shed to put him out of his misery. <laughs> it's over. That sounds like a Chiefs fan to me. Call me crazy. Check out the Arrowhead Attic podcast. It's almost like the, the way they do it to do this. Uh, I can't speak. The way they have done this to their fans each of the last now three seasons. It, it, forget behind the shed. It's like they're doing it out in the street. I mean, it's just. I, I wrote about it in the comp. Like there's a third year in a row now. Where you've looked at the Raiders and gone, "Hey, good start," and then just straight. I mean, straight off a cliff. It's incredible. I was truly loving the John Gruden gets fired and the Raiders are better. That was fun. And that did not last. And now I'm losing in football pools because I'm picking the Raiders against the Bengals. All right. Which by the way, Cincinnati, let's move on to game two. Since he is home, they're taking on the, the battling Steelers. It's a three and a half point, uh, 
favorite on Cincinnati side here with a number of 45 and a half. Yeah, another line move like in the middle of the show. I think clearly the Sharps are like, all right, we're going to go go ahead and make some moves during stack in the box and, and just right, throw right. everything out the window. Uh, line now is at uh, Bengals minus four and a half. So you're getting Ooh. already with the hook and then adding on another point in this game. I, Pittsburgh, for as much as we've crapped on Ben Roethlisberger throughout the course of the year, and he has deserved a whole heck of a lot of it, last five games he's actually been all right. Uh, stat come out from Steelers Depot it says he's 115 of 173 for 1,226 yards, nine touchdowns, no picks in his last five games. Now, is he throwing the ball downfield? Not particularly, but he really wasn't doing that at the beginning of the year anyway. But he has made adjustments, and clearly the offense has some sort of functionality if it's him out there compared to somebody like Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or everybody else that you want to put out there. I, I kind of look at the Steelers after that loss that they are still going to find a way to hang around. And I think having TJ Watt, whether or not he'll be in here, and Verderham, I don't know if you know if he's going to play or not, but know. that makes a substantial difference for them on the defensive side of the ball. And I think they can slow down Cincinnati. I'd probably take Pittsburgh and go against the movement here if I can get them at either plus four and a half or plus five. Bengals offense looked like they were back. But again, they're, they were doing it against a Raiders team that's looked atrocious their last three games. Feels like a slight overreaction on the Bengals side. I feel like even with the loss for Pittsburgh against the Chargers on Sunday night, feels like an opportun- opportunistic time to get on them with the right number. Yeah, plus four and a half is a little rich for me, so I would take Pittsburgh to cover. I think it's a three-three, you know, three-point game somewhere in there. I like the Bengals to win, though. I think the Bengals are just better. I think they're a better team. Like the Bengals' offense, interestingly though, against the Raiders, Burrow did nothing, but they ran the ball like crazy because, as you mentioned, Ben, the Raiders can't stop anybody on the ground. Right. And I think that—that's the interesting part of this game to me. If Watt plays, can they do enough? Like, Burrow will throw picks. That is one thing this year. He has thrown a lot of interceptions. Can they force him into a mistake or two? Um, I do not think it's a foregone conclusion the Bengals win, but I like them in this spot. They're at home. Now, the other thing is, even though they're at home, that's there are going to be a lot of Steeler fans in that game. There is not a big travel uh, ask for Pittsburgh fans. And – Look, that stadium has not always been the fullest over the last handful of years. Can't blame Bengals fans for that. But I think the Bengals win. But at that number, I would take the Steelers to cover. All right. Game three is an interesting one. you got New England, who is actually on a full week's rest because they played last Thursday night. you got Tennessee on a short week. I think that's BS, by the way. You, that's not how it should line up for the NFL. It's one thing like Sundays, Mondays. We're not a short week. They're on a normal week. What's that? They're on a normal week. What are you talking about? New England is – am I am I wrong here? Okay, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. My New, England bad. Had, New England does have extra rest, but Tennessee – New England has extra rest. I'm sorry. I, 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 was, I was Thursday in this game. I don't know why I just did that. But, okay, New England played last Thursday. Thank you very much. And, and Tennessee's coming off a Sunday game. But regardless, uh, the, the, the Patriots are coming off a win and the Titans are coming off a loss to the damn Houston Texans. So, Ben, which way are we going on here? The, the number is six points uh, in New England's favor with a 45. It's a pretty remarkable line, considering that if you really look at both of these two teams, especially against Houston, not, not that much of a difference. The difference is the Patriots hung on and won, but they did it with Davis Mills at quarterback. When Tyrod Taylor's playing for Houston, it's a much better team. It's not a good team, but it's not bottom of the barrel of the lowest possible tier in the NFL. So, you're looking at it and saying, well, both these teams struggled against Houston this year. Granted, the Titans lost at home, but they were due to regress considering all of the big wins that they had against teams like Buffalo and Kansas City. You know, they've played really, really well, probably above their skis, especially since Derrick Henry went down. They were due to regress. And our own Ian McMillan over at Betside had wrote a whole column talking about how the Titans are a fraudulent team at the top of the AFC. But this line is very much inflated. This is too high of a line even with the Patriots winning five games in a row, sitting on top of the AFC East standings, the Titans can still hang around and contend. I don't think one loss is indicative of just how bad this team is or how good this team is. It was a bad home loss that was likely due for them, considering all the opportunities for regression. So six points, even on the road. Patriots still have a rookie quarterback. Titans have been pretty good in their pass rush this year. That's been an issue for them throughout the course of the last few years. I think they might actually cause some problems for Mac Jones. I don't think this is as much of a cakewalk for New England 
as everybody seems to think so. So I, I like Tennessee plus the points here. You know, this is a weird uh, dichotomy for me because I think New England is becoming insanely overvalued. Like people are talking about New England like it's like the 04 patch with Brady, and it's it's just not the case. However, I think they match up really well with Tennessee for this reason. What does Tennessee do well offensively? Currently, nothing. Belichick is going to take A.J. Brown out of this game. He is going to force them to throw to Anthony Ferkser all night long. They're not going to allow him to run. They're going to get pressure on, 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 uh, on Tannehill. I think it's a hard game for the Titans because they just do not have a strength they can go to. Now, I do, I do think defensively they will hang in the game. But I think New England will win and cover, even though I think this line's too high to the eye. Like, you'll look at it and go, wow, six. That was my first reaction. Then I thought about it. I'm like, well, <laughs> I think New England's going to win. I, I don't think it's much more than that. I think it's somewhere like 24 17. Um, I might just bet the under on the yeah. game. So you're kind of leading in the, in the direction of the under here, which, which I really yeah. don't mind as well. I, I think if I, if I were to bet it, I would bet the under. Because I think the line is about where it should be. But I like New England to win. I think Tennessee, healthy, is the better team. But they're not healthy. And so I think New England will find a way to win this game. You know what you could do is that you could do a two-way teaser on this game. If you're going to win bet and you're seeing the odds and you say, all right, the Titans plus six. Yeah, yeah maybe the Patriots hang around and not. You can, if you like the Patriots side, you can tease them all the way down to a pick em. So New England just has to win straight up. True. And then you can tease the the under from 45 to 51. So as long as the Patriots win and the total is under 51, that's another angle that you can play this game at. Let's move to the line that I find the most interesting this week. Indianapolis just smoked Buffalo. They're at home. Now the Bucs are the Bucs and whatever they won on Monday night, but, but Indy's an underdog at home here, which is, uh, is interesting to me. Uh, two and a half point favorite. The Bucs are 51 and a half is the number. I love the Colts here. Am, am, I, am I nuts here? Am I, am I getting too, too indie happy? I don't think so. I, I think it's a really tough line to try and figure out. Um, the other thing, too, is that Tom Brady has actually been really good at, at busting a lot of the trends that have gone against him. Uh, last night, he finally got his first win against the spread in prime time. He had been 0-7 in his time in Tampa Bay wow. in prime time against the number, finally got it there. So now all of a sudden he gets that off his back. You're probably going to see a little bit more movement towards the Tampa Bay side. Um, I think the big issue for the Colts is your number one option is Jonathan Taylor, which I, I don't know if you guys have had this conversation on the show yet as to whether or not he's an MVP consideration, which I think is ludicrous. He's had a great year. He's the number one running back in the NFL right now uh, with no Derrick Henry, but he's not an MVP candidate. I agree. They need to find a way to use him besides just in the run game. If you incorporate him in the pass game, then yeah, I think you have a chance, but Tampa Bay is so good at stopping the run. And that's really what opens up the Colts offense. Like they use a lot of play action through Jonathan Taylor. He ran the ball more than 30 times this week. So if Tampa Bay is going to take away that initial ability, especially if they're able to get the pass rush, I actually think the line is reasonable. Colts have been playing better and they're getting themselves back into the division race. But I actually kind of like the line on Tampa Bay. I, I like them at two and a half. If it's after three or three and a half, I'll probably go the other way or just stay away completely. But, but I don't mind the Buccaneers as favorites here at two and a half. I think it's the right I'm, number. I'm taking the Bucs. I think they win by a touchdown. Or so. Look, you, you hit the nail on the head, Ben. Indy's not going to run the ball against them. That's the problem. And if you can't run the ball. Like, so Taylor went out of his mind in Buffalo. Wentz was 11 of 20 for like 106 yards. The, the way to beat Tampa is to spread them out and just throw it. They cannot cover. Like That's why the Giants stunk last night and lost, because they have no ability to do that. Like You spread them out, and you throw the ball. You don't let their pass rush get to you. You don't even waste time running it. Like That's how you win. Indy cannot do that. That is not the way they play. It's why I think I've seen so many takes today, and yesterday. well, Indianapolis in the AFC playoffs, it's like, yeah, until they play somebody who can limit them at all on the ground, and then the game's just over. Because, by the way, they're also atrocious against the pass, which you know with Brady, he's just going to drop back and throw and throw and throw and throw. And I, look, I like it. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but I, I do not think they win this game. Another, I would call this super interesting game, is Green Bay is a one-point favorite at home. 
coming off a loss to Minnesota, who, by the way, I think is the most underrated team in the NFL. The Vikings have not lost one bad game all season long. They've been in literally every game. Um, and the Rams are coming off a bye. So the belief in the Rams, despite their dysfunction, is still strong. On the road here, only a, a one-point underdog. 48 and a half is the number here, Ben. Yeah, it's a, it's a good number and a number that I feel like I have to probably run away from because I'm tempted, very tempted in this game to go with the Packers, but I almost feel like it's a bit of a trap. Like, they're so good at home. They're 9-1 and one against the spread in their last 10 games. They're 7-0 and oh in their last seven games against the Rams. Um, but I, I feel like we might start to see a little bit more defense start to show up. You've seen Matthew Stafford the last handful of weeks not be able to get the ball downfield. I know that he's got more weapons now with Odell Beckham, but now they lost Robert Woods. Packers been a very good defensive team other than what we saw last week against the Vikings uh, when Minnesota was really able to open things up. Justin Jefferson had a monster game against them. Um, I think I'm going to lean because I, I I see this total going up. Um, I, I think 48 and a half is not going to last over at WinBet. I could see this getting closer to 50. And the more that it continues to climb, the more I feel confident in taking the under in this game. Because I, I think you're going to see two really solid defensive battles. Rodgers has had some issues with pressure all season long. He's still brilliant, but nobody has a better pass rush than the Rams when everybody is healthy. And now Von Miller has some time to get things going. So even though I think the public will expect a lot of points because there's big names at quarterback, I, I kind of like the under of 48 and a half here. Heisler still believes in Von Miller. Like it. I, I like the under. I love the Rams in this game. And I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC when they're healthy. They are far from healthy right now. So Darius Smith is not there. Jair Alexander is not there defensively. Offensively, Aaron Jones might not be there. David Bakhtiari, their left tackle, who's still coming back from torn ACL, remains to be seen if he's there. Elton Jenkins, who's a really, really good guard, he's out. They have all kinds of injury issues up front. It is not a good week to have injury issues up front. Like, if there's ever a team you do not want to be missing a bunch of offensive linemen, it is in this game. And to make matters worse, Rodgers has a toe injury. Like, I, I think the Rams, off a bye, I think the Rams are going to win this game going away. Really quickly, both head coaches of these teams have been awesome coming off a bye. Matt LaFleur has never lost. Or I'm sorry, coming off a loss. Matt LaFleur 8-0 after a loss since taking over in Green Bay. Sean McVay, 16 and 8 after a loss, and he's also 4 and 1 coming off a of bye week. So you kind of have two trends butting heads at each other for both of these two teams. So I, I think your point on the Rams makes a lot of sense. Another team you can consider teasing, especially if that line goes up to like plus one and a half. If you can get the Rams plus seven and a half with that hook, that feels like an absolute steal of a line to me. Matt Nagy, by the way, just on a side note here, is supposed to meet the media literally right now four minutes ago. He's late, and a bunch of Chicago media outlets are carrying the press conference live. Uh, I wonder if we'll get any transparency from the Bears today. Also, uh, also, it's the Bears. They, 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 they don't typically tend to do that. They, they don't. The, um, a, a fun side note. Um, well, two things, actually, because we mentioned it. So the Steelers, according to Pro Football Talk, believe T.J. Watt, Joe Hayden, and Mika Fitzpatrick will all be back at practice this week. So that's also huge for them. Number two, uh, if if you have if you have a son, you might want to play baseball because Wanda Franco, who is a rookie for the Tampa Bay Rays, just signed a twelve-year, two hundred and twenty-three million dollar deal, and he's played about a hundred games in Major League Baseball. So, uh, hey, get the kids out there, get them out there, swing a bat, throw a ball. It's a hell of a lot more lucrative than uh, playing football or hockey or even uh, basketball, unless he's the top five player in the league. Won't turn 21 till next March. School is <laughs> overrated. Get out there. And Ben, you've got you've got two kids, balls in hands. Don't worry about the books. Just have it mimic the uh, the room that you got there. I don't see a book. Uh, there's there's nothing to read in there. Just get this. Let's go. There's no hey, Mike, Mike has already thrown a baseball left-handed, so uh, we're we're good to go on that end. The other one's eight and a half months, still undecided as to which which hand he's going to throw with. But uh, we we got the oldest one uh, at least. Ready to go in the loogie roll down the road. By the way, you two, you you two would be an amazing one-on-one battle. Uh, foot speed would be uh, out the window, and uh, Heiss has got a, a, a solid little uh, over the head little jump shot. And and Verderam, uh, you do things too. So I want to oh, see no, it. First of all, just basketball. Forget it. Okay. I mean, oh my god. If yeah, it's, if it's hockey, I feel okay. Baseball, I I don't I don't know. Uh, 
I don't know Ben's background in baseball, but I mean, I, I can swing a bat and catch a ball. So like we're, we're but if it if was it's basketball. Oh, I, I please, please. Let's not even Bergeron, you're, you're talking to, you're talking to a three time JCC Thursday night softball beer league champion. So oh, you're, you're ever in town, aware. you're welcome to fill in. wasn't aware. I, uh, uh, I all right, let's wrap. It. Let, let's wrap up, and we can do a whole pod on uh, on on bad athletic talent, uh, <laughs> which I think would be amazing. Cleveland and Baltimore team, uh, the Ravens, of course, coming off a miraculous win over the Bears, where Lamar Jackson didn't play. That was amazing, and, and the Browns snuck by the Lions, um, four and a half points. The Ravens are favored. The number is forty-seven. Yes, sir. Ravens continue to find ways to just hang on for dear life, and I think. Things are finally going to start to turn their way. I think they're going to put the Browns out of their misery this week. They're allowing a ton of yards per play. Uh, Ian McMillan wrote that up over at Betside. Only the Jets allow more yards per play than the Ravens. It really doesn't matter because Baker Mayfield is nowhere near healthy. They're going to blitz the hell out of him. There's really no wide receivers at this point that can make Baltimore pay. There's not a, a Darnell Mooney that's going to streak down the sidelines or Marquise Cleveland. No, Cleveland doesn't have speed. Uh, maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones gets free, but they're going to blitz Baker Mayfield. They're not going to pick it up because their offensive line has been struggling. Nick Chubb can only do so much on his own. This feels like the opportunistic time to go ahead and get back on board with the Ravens. Lamar Jackson should be healthy. Same with Marquise Brown. I kind of feel like it's over for the Browns, and, and this is the time where the Ravens finally just beat the doors off of them. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is like the casket closing here on Cleveland. I Cleveland's just got so many issues right now led by the fact that quarterback a is not good and b he's hurt so those, those two factors combined not not pleasant um the ravens also have beaten up on the browns year after year after year they swept them last year uh, i believe the year prior they swept like they just they just own them uh, that was also a hell of a game was that the monday night game where yes. both, both teams were in like the 40s or 50s yes it was like 47 42 or something it yeah was that was insane. fun I think it was one of the worst bad beats of the year, too, if I remember correctly. There was a it was like there was a score on like the last play of the game. Like That's a right. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, I think the Ravens are gonna win handily, like by 20 points handily. Like I, I just I do not think the Browns stay in the game because of what Ben said. Mayfield's hurt. The Ravens are just gonna come after him relentlessly, and they're gonna try to force one or two mistakes. And the Browns defense, for all the shine they got early, oh, they're remade, they're they're not good. Like they're they're a very pedestrian defense. They're not terrible, but they're just very average. I will say this: I do not think the Ravens are anywhere near as good as that seven and three record indicates. They they give up a ton of passing yards. Their offense is really hitting this, but the Browns are just shot right now, man. I, I just I, I I like Baltimore to win big. How much money is Baker costing himself by trying to play through a torn labrum? A lot. Like, I'm hurt, I'm sitting, period, done. I, I respect it on some level. Football players play through lots of stuff, but he ain't doing himself any favors right now. He's not doing the team any favors either, for the record. Um, so, any rate, hey, Ben, good stuff, brother. Let's uh, – Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, and uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy the the Bears and the Lions, and 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 and, and maybe history up at Ford Field. Happy uh, early Thanksgiving to you guys as well. That that that's going to be a doozy to kick things off. That's <laughs> that is one way to get your Turkey Day started. Well, good to see you both. That, that's a, you as well. Happy Thanksgiving. And in all seriousness, that game, my God, if somebody's choking at the table, they might have done it intentionally. I, I mean, they, they might they might be trying to get out of it. You know, like, oh, Uncle Ned's choking. No, no, he wants this. Leave him in the corner. Yeah, you know, where we are. Bust out the bourbon early. It's a great way to start your day. All right, Ben, we'll see you next week. All right, guys. Ben Heisler, managing editor, bet sided, and go to winbet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T.com for all your needs, uh, betting needs. All right, Verram, do we have anything we need to tackle here on the way out? Um, yeah, actually, one more. Do, do the Seahawks, end of the year, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, you, you betting on their future, my brother? I think they're gone. I think that because, because not this knee jerk, like, oh, they're three and seven. They have, no, no, no. Carroll's the second oldest head coach in the NFL. He's 70. He's a few months older or younger, rather, than Bill Belichick. 
where where are they going with P. Carroll? Like, is P. Carroll is going to coach till he's seventy five years old? I mean, is that going to happen? Like, I kind of feel like that seems like a bad plan. Um, I would not trade Russell Wilson based on anything that's gone on this year, the injury, the poor play coming back off of it. Here's why I would trade him. They don't have a first-round pick this year because they traded to the Jets for Jamal Adams. Okay, They have all kinds of issues with the way they've drafted in recent years. They desperately need to find some kind of future assets. They don't have any. Like, Metcalf's a great young player. And who else? You know, I mean, at some point here, like, if you can get three first, two seconds, like, I get it. you got to find the quarterback. But, like, that quarterback's worthless to him if the roster is just brutal around him. So, I, I honestly do. And I, and I think he's going to want out of there. I, I, I do. Robbing Peter to pay Paul, though, is, is just – it's tough business. Not Never recommended. And doing it with uh, a potential Hall of Fame quarterback is uh, – not how I would go about it. So I would I would bet on Carroll finding somewhere else to do on the Seahawks, looking for a Hail Mary to wrestle uh, to rescue what's left of the Russell Wilson career, which could be a lot. Um, you know that I, that's that's what I would bet on. But seventy is the new fifty. Maybe they both come back and just uh, run it back one more time for uh, you know miraculous. We can still do this sake. All right, one more topic, and then I can't wait to do what's going on today, Vertim. I'm very excited. But uh, are the Arizona Cardinals the best team? Are you saying the best team in the NFC or the best team in football? Football. All right. In, in the, in the, are they the league's best team, your Arizona Cardinals? You want to go there? I mean, right now they are, yeah. Like right now, they are. Now, that's a different question than do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl because you get in the playoffs and things change a little bit. But right now, what do they not do well? They just won two out of three with Colt McCoy. I mean, at some point, you got to give them credit, right? Like, I feel like everybody craps on Arizona because, oh, it's the Cardinals. And, you know, you kind of push them off to the side. Don't have a huge fan base, not a big market, not a big history. If that were, if that was the Dallas Cowboys, would anyone doubt them? If that was the Pittsburgh Steelers, would anybody doubt them? I mean, they're kicking ass. And they've got a lot of good wins, man. It's not, it's not like they're beating a bunch of powder puffs. Like, and then you go up into Seattle. I get Seattle's a mess right now. But like you went up there and McCoy's completing 80% of his throws. You win the game going away. I mean, at some point, you got to be fair to them. Like, through, through 11 weeks, they've absolutely been the best team in the NFL. They, they've had two impressive wins on the year, I would say. They keep uh, the crap out of the Rams. The Rams is number one. The they, they smoked the Titans week one. I'll, I'll give them credit for both of those. They're two and two in their last four. I mean, tough game with, with, with the Packers, but they got smoked by, the Browns by 30 on the road. Yeah, okay, but, like, it, it looks good then, but, like, Cleveland just – I mean, it's, Cleveland's a what mess. What about beating the Niners on the road? Colt McCoy just killing them. No, it, okay, and it's, it's San Francisco's been. Uh, I, I look. What about I, Minnesota? I, you just said they're the most underrated team in the NFL. They they beat them by one, eke through. I'm just I'm just tr- I'm playing the devil's advocate here. I, I think it's it, it's a it's a fair argument, uh, but like you know, at, at this moment, sure, fine, okay, but I'm not I'm not betting on the Cardinals to come out of the NFC. I I would. That's, fair. that's totally fair. Yeah. So that that's because I, that's, I don't. Yeah. They have no experience, and I, I trust some of the other guys more. But I mean, look, they've been great to this point. Well, and Kyler's got to come back, and I, I think he will. But I'd like to see that before I would stamp it. But uh, Vernon, let's do it uh, as we wait for Matt Nagy to speak here. What's going on? I've got something special for you today. But why don't you lead it off? All right. So normally I'd go Knicks, but the Knicks are pissing me off to no end with their with their nonstop bullshit. Where I've got a, I didn't like the loss of the Bulls is fine, whatever. Listen, they split in Chicago, no, no issue there. It, it, they almost lost to the Rockets, which I got to tell you, if they had lost that game to the Rockets at the Garden, that'd have been it. I think fans actually would have gone on the court and attacked them. Their starting five is so bad, it's impossible. That said, this is my favorite time of the year. That's my takeaway for the week here. Like, I love, love, love this time of the year. This is. You know, I, yeah, the football playoffs are great. 
and, and they're awesome. But th- th- coming down the stretch of the regular season, I love the playoff picture and how it shifts and things move and it's crazy. All you know, there's always like one or two Sundays in December where th- you get some upsets and things are just flying around. I love that. Um, I also love the holiday season, right? Like Thanksgiving to me, Thanksgiving's whatever, but you you kick off, you know, for me the, the Christmas season, the holiday season. You get, I get to put up the tree and the Christmas lights. I'm, I'll be out there first thing Friday. My wife has been holding me back saying, I can't get a big inflatable for the yard. Well, I'm here to tell you, I played the smart move. I leaked it to Maisie that I wanted to get one. Now Maisie's completely on board. It's a two-on-one assault against my, my wife. And I think between the two against one and the fact she's pregnant and tired, she's like, I don't care. Fine. Whatever. So you better you better damn well believe Snoopy is about to be out in the yard as about 12 feet tall. I am I am excited for Christmas. I'm excited to go home. I'll see my family and my friends back in New York, go home for a week uh, right around Christmas. So that's good. Looking forward to that. Um, I'm getting my booster today. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm getting this will actually be fun. So look, forget the politics and all that bullshit. I'm getting my booster, okay? And I'm getting my flu shot at the same time, mostly because they're like, Do you want your flu shot too? And I'm like, Yeah, what the hell, throw it on there. So I work out with my trainer 8 a.m. on Wednesday. I'm getting my booster at 5.30 with the flu shot tonight. I am going to be in a coma doing that workout. But the hell yes, you are. We're going. We're going for broke car. We're going for it. And then I'm going to sleep for about 12 hours. What so, do you got? So, well, two things. Number one, Nagy's at the podium. He's literally just talked uh, or he started his talk. And on the report that Thursday's his last game, quote, that is not accurate. So – uh, Matt Nagy does not believe that he will be fired this Thursday against the uh, D- Detroit Lions, no matter the outcome. Um, uh, has he been informed of his firing? That is not accurate. Oh, at least that he has not been informed. So that that's part a lot of it. different than saying, yeah. Adam Hogue yeah. says, quote, that is not accurate. No, I have not. Okay. So, okay, well. What a day. Hey, Matt, have you heard that you've been oh, fired? Nah, haven't heard that one. Um, now he almost, he's such a, uh, a gentleman of a guy and would follow what the bears say that they, they may have told him and he might be lying. I mean, he lies all the time. And now, now he's saying that his focus is on Detroit. All right. But the, the bears are going to go get those lions. Um, but Verderam, I am uh, in New York city for my cousin's wedding. And, um, my brother is with me and he's, he's he did God's work today. And he has uh, he has acquired the oh. locks and bagel uh, from I believe Liberty Bagel. They make their own cream cheese. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, he did. I, I, Look at the amount of cream cheese on that thing. Yeah, I, I I love my brother. I told him no no capers. That capers is a thing that doesn't need to be on this. But we, we that's that's okay. But I got the locks. I got the onion. Oh, it's phenomenal. Look, that is the one thing in the Midwest. Freaking mm. lack while you eat here. I'll let you eat. The, mm. the, the lack of a good deli in the Midwest drives me nuts. I mean, Steingold's in Chicago. Shout out to Steingold's. Great deli. Okay. Up here in Rockford, which I know you say is the worst city in the world. I actually enjoy living here, although, although I enjoy the slander as well. I, <laughs> like, I told Stephanie, when I retire, I'm opening up an Italian deli here. It drives me nuts. You got a million Italians running around. The damn, the damn city's Italian. And yet there's no place – like. And the other thing, the other thing about the Midwest, so help me God, okay? For the love of all that is holy, pizza by the slice is your friend, okay? Everywhere I go, I have asked four different pizzerias, called them up, you guys sell by the slice? No. Like, why? Why can't I just go in and get a damn slice? Anywhere you go in New York, they give you a slice. And in mm-hmm. Chicago, it's like a $30 commitment to get a fucking pizza. I just want a slice of pizza. And especially if it's deep, this good God, it's like getting a piece of lasagna, which I don't mind. I love lasagna, but I don't need a whole damn tray of it. it oh, my. It drives me insane. And, and, and don't be afraid to experiment with the toppings on the pizza. None of that pineapple shit either, okay? You put fruit on my pizza, we're getting into a fist fight. Like, throw some taco pizza at me. Throw a little white pizza at me. Throw a little barbecue chicken, little chicken bacon ranch. Like, Let's not be afraid to step out of the comfort zone. But no, if you call up, you're like, hey, can I get a sliced pizza? No. 
Can I get a, a pizza with anything other than pepperoni or sausage? No, we don't do that. It's a disgrace. I'm furious. The Midwest has to learn something from the damn right side of the country, the East Coast, which I've left, I've abandoned, and they're probably it's God being furious at me. It's why I can't get a slice of pizza. I cannot wait to go back to New York where I will get a slice every single day. Slice and cannoli from Raimundo's in Roscoe, New York, where my uncle owns. Best pizza place in the world is where I'm headed back to. All right. A uh, couple things here. Number one, you're right on the slice, obviously, in New York. However, your Midwest talents, of, of the, there are slices out there. Go to Arda Pizza. You can get a thin slice. You get a thick slice. Go to Chicago Pizza. You can get the, you, They're selling slices all day long. We need more creativity out of you, so don't completely blame Chicago for lack of slices because they are out there. Chicago. You, you, you have not done a, a good enough job going after what you want in your, in your slice life. And it should be uh, hard. Every single damn place should be doing pizza by the slice. I don't. I, I agree with you on that. I agree with you. Giordano should be just having flying them out the window, which they do on the one downtown in Rush, but they don't do it enough. You're right. Uh, I'm with you on that. It should be more accessible. And go to Kaufman's Deli next time you come in. It's right off of Dempster when you're, when oh, you're running. Oh, oh, I love Kaufman's. They're, they're, they're out there. Uh, once upon a bagel does a good job, which is closer to you, but you're you're stuck in Rockford, man. You ain't getting no Italian deli. You ain't getting no Jewish deli. You're getting McDonald's. That's what you're getting. Oh, and it, that 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 is an affront. Now there there is some, there's some good stuff. Jason's deli does a nice job, uh, one of many. But that being said, I'll, I'll tell you what, Hachi Sushi, man, I clean house at that place. But that's neither here nor there. Good sushi, good sushi. But it's uh no, and Kaufman's in Skokie there. Or uh, is it? Is it? I guess. Is yeah, it, yeah, sure. Right yeah. on the edge. Um, no, that place is great, man. I go. I go to Skokie to go to this one uh, sports memorabilia shop all the time. At AU Sports. Shout out to them. They do amazing, amazing work there. You get any baseball card you could ever dream of. Um, but Kaufman's is like a minute down the street, and not only do they have great sandwiches and sides, which they do, they also have the dessert side of things. Oh, oh, beautiful black and white cookies. The whole nine, it's wonderful. I love that place. Expensive as hell, but good food. Yeah. Uh, all right. One last quote from Nagy as we say goodbye. Or the As we were talking about his son getting or the, the Nagy fire chance at his son's football game, which, yeah. by the way, Nagy was at. When I'm in the role I'm in, quote, you have to be able to understand where people are coming from and how they react or how they don't react. I was there to watch my son play a football game. I was there to be a dad. Right. It's I'm out of exa- bounds. It's out of bounds. It is. I'm not exactly sure what he's saying. I'm not fully understanding what he's saying, but um, it, it, it can't be easy. Um, and by the way, Andy Dalton is starting on Thursday. Uh, Justin Fields is hurt with the bruised ribs, and uh, hopefully nothing wrong with his spleen, but that was also looked at as well. All right, Verderam. Uh Andy Dalton on Thanksgiving against the Lions. Let's go. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm not even going to chew the turkey. I'm just going to swallow it whole and hope that God takes me. Uh, and thank you for the pizza selections. Gonzo saying you should go to Pizza Boy. They have New York slices and Detroit, too. Detroit, by the way, enough with your whole Detroit pizza slices and, like, St. Louis barbecue. No. I don't want to hear one thing about St. Louis ever. Yeah. Uh, hey, on that note, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you so much for watching Stacking the Box. Comments and reviews are so much appreciated. We appreciate you. And uh, Verram, next week we're talking about uh, one of the reviews that we did not hit today on your guy who uh, who loves us. What um, who who I think you know from back in the day, but he's found stack in the box. So you're reconnecting through the pod, which is which is sweet. I have no idea what we're talking about. I haven't looked yet, but I'll have to check it out. Uh, you you wrote at him on Twitter. You okay. said you went back and forth with the dude. You're a busy guy. I get it. I get it. We'll we'll, we'll hit it next week. All right. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching Stack in the Box.